Anyone who's been around young kids can tell you that they can come up with really creative excuses to keep from going to bed. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that adults can do the same thing when it comes to yielding to God's leading. Though God's message about how you should live is clearly laid out in the Bible, sometimes you just don't want to do it. Pastor Daniel urges you not to let excuses and distractions rob you of a better life. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Revelation chapter 1 as he continues his message, God's Will. When you realize, no, I do it for the Lord and my spouse gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and the kids get the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my parents get the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my employer gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my employee gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my neighbor gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and the school gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and someone else. Because you realize when you're doing it as unto the Lord, the Lord is grateful and joyful in us because we are walking in the steps of Jesus by being a servant. Now, I wanted to put those two out there right away because to me, those two principles alone, if you want to know what's God's will for my life, you can take it to the bank every single day that what God wants is for you to know Jesus and for you to be a servant. And literally, you can spend the rest of your life just trying to implement those two things. And you're good to go. Because you'll grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is. And as you grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is, you're going to want to be more and more like him. Why? Because the people who you spend the most time with are the people who you become the most like. I can always tell, you know, I can always tell when someone has a bad influence in their life because they start to take on those same attributes. I can always tell when someone has a good influence in their life. I'll never forget when we were growing up, one of my first friends who, who uh, had become a Christian, and I remember like almost immediately, he, this, this guy had met this girl who was a believer, and he wasn't, and it was like almost like overnight, this dude started changing things. Like it was so noticeable. And I remember, and I wasn't a believer at the time, I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? He said, well, I met this girl. I'm like, oh, she's a religious girl, huh? And he's like, how'd you know? I'm like, because you're acting so weird right now. Like, I remember I, we, used to, we used to play in bands in the bars and stuff. And, and he, all of a sudden, he's out there. He's drinking a club soda. And I'm like, why are you drinking a club soda, bro? Oh, that's just what I want. You know, and all of a sudden, he, you know, he took off all the, sh- the shirts that were uh, inappropriate. And he was wearing a button down. I'm like, she ain't going to be impressed with your button down, bro. Your heart's evil. He's like, shh. He was like, I was that friend, you know. I needed Jesus real bad. 
But the thing is, is the, but so quickly, you're like, oh, look at what's happening here. He's being influenced. And I look back now and I'm proud of him because he was making positive, I mean, not the button down shirt. I mean, you only wear one, if you, one of those if you got to. But, but you, <laughs> or if you're Pastor Stewart, our missions pastor, because he, he has to wear a button down shirt because he's a missionary. But, <laughs> oh. See, now that they gave me both hands, it goes bad all the way. But really, it's like when you know Jesus, you be, get influenced by him. That's what happens. You begin to take on his attributes. You begin to do those things that please the Lord because Jesus always does those things that please his father. And you're watching Jesus and you're watching how Jesus died on the cross for you and how he's patient with you. And you're like, well, I should probably be patient with those people. Lord, help give me the grace to be patient. Lord, you're, you're the kindest person I ever met. So, Lord, make me kind, like you're kind. God, you're so generous that you'd give your own son for humanity. Lord, will you make me generous like that? And, and, and before you know it, you're being a servant. And what's beautiful is Paul told the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And that word sanctification literally means you being set apart as holy unto the Lord. That's God's will. And guess what? When you know the Lord and when you're serving the Lord, you're being sanctified. Because in all these situations, God is inviting you to be a part of the work that he's doing. So those are two big principles that we put up front. You want to know what God's will? He wants you to know his son. Jesus, and he wants you to be a servant. Now, if you say, well, Fusco, how do I put legs on that? How do I live that out? The next opportunity you get to do something you don't want to do, but will help somebody else just do it and see what happens. You know, for most of us, well, I don't really feel like doing that, right? Or my favorite, the way Christians get out of helping their friends move is, I got to pray about that. That's always my favorite thing. Hey, I need someone to help me move. I got to pray about that. Because <laughs> the last thing you, you know how it is. Those of you, I had a friend. I know, actually, there's someone here. You may be here right now. They're like, man, I used to have a, a pickup truck. I'm like, you used to? What happened? I got rid of it. Why? Because everyone calls you to help you move when you have a pickup truck. And I'm like, what'd you get? They're like, I got me like a little, a little super compact car. Right? Made me laugh. I'm like, but like, but you can imagine if everyone's calling you to, to move, that would get kind of annoying after a while. But literally, the simplest way to do it is the next opportunity you have to serve, serve. The next moment you get to do something that you don't really wouldn't want to do, but you know it'll bless somebody, do it. And see what happens. And it's as simple as that, really. Now, for each one of us, you're all saying, okay, so God wants me to know Jesus, check. God wants me to be a servant. I'm not really sure I'm buying that one, but okay. How does God teach you and show you specifically what his specific will is for you. Like, so in a sense, you can say that knowing Jesus and being a servant is God's general will for all of us. But what is God's specific will? How can we know what that is? Notice what it says in verse three. It says this. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Well, guess what? God's will is revealed through his word. 
God's will is revealed to us through his word. He says, listen, the person who reads the words of this prophecy and hears them are blessed. And if you keep the things that are written in it, you see that? So God reveals his will to us through his word, us reading it for ourselves, hearing it, and then choosing to keep God's word. With the knobs on our side of the wall, how do I put feet on what's being said here? You ever want to know what God's will is, you have to remember that God has given you his heart in a book. It's called the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Right? And as you're reading what's in there, you are reading it, you're hearing it, and you're saying, Lord, how do I live this stuff out? What I would encourage you to do is be simple in your faith. When God's word says that you should forgive people, then what should you do? What should you do? You forgive them. God says, love your enemies. What should you do? Love them. God's word says that you should bless those who curse you. What should you do? Bless those people. God says you should do good to those who persecute you. So what should you do? Do good. It's really not that complicated. But you know what happens is, although it's simple, it's not simplistic because there's feelings associated with this stuff. There's hurts and all these different things. But what a lot of us do is that we want to know what God's will is, but what God's word says plainly, we don't want to receive it because we want, we want our own will. We want something else. We have something else. And we're so, and then of course what we do is if you're trying to be biblical, you look for the biblical loophole to do what it actually says. And let's just be honest, we've all done that a little bit, right? Like you find the verse, like, like you know, it says, be angry and don't sin. I've almost everybody I know who's got an anger management problem within the church uses that verse in some way. It doesn't say, don't ever be angry. It just says, be angry and don't sin. I'm like, well, do you think you might be over the line? <laughs> no. Jesus overturned tables in the temple. That's my favorite line. I'm always like, well, guess what? You ain't Jesus of Nazareth, bro. Because that's what like, we find these verses. Like, well, this is what it is. You know, it says, judge not, lest you be. I'm not judging, I'm discerning, but that person's going to hell. I'm like, actually, that's judgment. <laughs> right? And don't get me wrong, there are verses that nuance all of these concepts. But in a lot of ways, what God wants for us is pretty simple. From Genesis to Revelation, it's like you don't need a PhD in the Bible to understand what it says. God wants you to walk with him. He wants you to walk in light. He wants you to walk in love. He wants you to walk in humility. He wants you to walk in uniqueness. He wants you to you know, walk in wisdom. You don't believe me. I just took the four or the five ways that you should walk from Ephesians 4 and 5. It says, walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. Walk in love. Walk in light. Walk in wisdom. It's like, this is not the most complicated stuff. But for many of us, we hear that stuff and we actually don't want to do it. We don't want to keep the stuff. And in a lot of ways, when we realize that God doesn't have to tell us everything in a fresh and personal way because he's already told it to us. 
You know, it's funny. I was just talking to uh, my son Obadiah just the other day. And he asked a question. And, and, and I looked at him and I said, you know, buddy, that's why God invented Google. And he looked at me. And he's like, and I'm like, bro, you can look that up. And he's like, well, why can't you tell me? I'm like, well, I can tell you. But you already can learn what you don't need me to tell you. You're, you're grown. And he looked at me. He's like, so you're telling me it's better for me to just learn it for myself? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how do you think I learned it? He's like, Google? I'm like, yeah. You know, and in a lot of ways, we have this mistaken idea that God needs to drop the, like, a fresh word into our hearts when he's already told us what to do. It's like he went through all the trouble to get us his word. And then he's like, well, God needs to speak to me personally. It's like, well, here's 15 verses on what to do. No, he has to speak to me personally. He already has. So be people of the word of God. God's will is revealed to us within the word. Now, notice what happens next. Verse 4, Revelation 1, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, I realize there's a lot in here, but really what you learn here is that God's will is revealed through God's people. God's word is revealed through God is using the apostle John to speak to these seven churches which are in Asia. Now, those seven churches are all named in Revelation 2 and 3, and really Jesus uh, gives a letter to each one of those churches. God is using the Apostle John, and don't miss the fact that we don't know, and it doesn't seem in any way that we don't know for sure, but John may never have been to these churches in Asia. There's no evidence that he ever was there. Right? But what you end up having is, is he's talking to them. He says, look what he says. He says, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And it says, and made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle John just told the seven churches a whole lot of very important stuff. I could do a sermon series on what just happened in verses four to six. Grace and peace, very important. Right? God's riches at Christ's expense, what God's unmerited favor, that's grace. The only way to have true peace is to first experience God's grace. I mean, I could do a sermon series on that idea alone, right? He starts talking about the throne of God. He talks about from Jesus, who is the faithful witness, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us. And I mean, he is talking about Jesus' kingliness. He's talking about Jesus and his death as a witness to who God is. He's talking about the, the fact that Jesus loved us. He died for us. He washed us. 
from our sins in his own blood. I mean, in two verses, the apostle John does a veritable theology of what it means to be a Christian. Do you realize that God reveals his will to us through people? That's why, I'll be honest with you, it is so important for each one of us to be in a community group. To have close friends who you're walking through life with. Because the number of times God uses people to reveal his will is just absolutely extraordinary. Every single day when I wake up, I say, God, I want to know your will. And I know you're going to use your kids to reveal that to me. Sometimes it's a passing comment. Sometimes it's someone saying, hey, listen, I was praying. And I felt like God gave me this word. Right? Now, here's the deal. And I just want to be super honest with you. Sometimes God's people give you the worst possible advice as well, too. So just because someone is God's people doesn't mean that they're telling you God's will. Like, really what you really want is you want people in your life who, you know, seek the Lord, who are people of the word. You want someone and people in your life who, when you tell them something that's going on, they say, let me pray about that for a little bit. Because oftentimes we can get horrendous advice in the name of Jesus because people are not seeking God. They're just telling you what they think. And the thing is, unless you see someone's life and you see what their life looks like, like, like there's nothing worse. You know, when you get, when you first get married, everyone gives you marital advice. And some of the people who give you marital advice. Like, I'm like, I see what your marriage looks like. I don't want that kind of a marriage. Like you need, like you need to go read about how you're supposed to treat your spouse. Don't tell me how to treat my spouse, right? Or, or I love it when people give you parenting advice, and their kids are just nuts. That I'm in that place. I have a, I have a couple nuts ones. So it's like, don't my views on parenting. Don't listen to me. We're trying to figure it out, man. You know, I love my kids. No, they're good kids. I'm just kidding. But every once in a while, you'll meet Annabelle, and you'll be like, whoa. And all you have to realize is that was me before Jesus right there. We're praying that Annabelle gets saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. She's getting close. I can't wait to baptize her. I'm going to hold her down a couple bubbles. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. She's a sweetheart. Poor girl. But you know, it's like you want to make sure you're getting good advice. Like sometimes I hear advice that people give and I'm like, what? Because oftentimes people don't give you biblical advice. They just give you like, oh, that's how I'd handle that situation. It's like, no, what would God's best be? And the apostle John is being used. I mean, this entire book, the book of Revelation, is a spark where Jesus meets the apostle John and reveals to him these series of visions. And John is passing it along. If you're reading through the Bible with us, we've been reading the book, we started the book of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is receiving these visions from the Lord while the children of Israel are in Babylon. And the Lord's like, go tell the people over there by the river Kibar what's going on. Because God uses his people. And we want to have those people in our lives. And if you don't have those people, you need to go get those people. You need to find those people. And even maybe more important, you want to be those people. 
You want to be those people. People who, when someone shares their life with you, you don't give them half-cocked ideas. You say, listen, let me, pray, let me pray about that. Let me seek the Lord a little bit. I mean, of course, if you've got a scripture, share the scripture. But you want to be those type of people. Somebody who is a vehicle for God's will to be revealed in people's lives. And so, I think the key for each one of us also is, are we teachable? Are we the kind of people who are willing for people to speak into our lives? Like, are we willing to hear what people have to say? Why they have those ideas? And it's an important part of this, because God reveals his will through people. Now, what's interesting is, if you go down to verse 9 here in Revelation 1, it says... I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. Well, don't miss this. God's will is revealed through our circumstances. You notice what he says here. John says, I am your brother and companion in the tribulation of Jesus Christ. And I was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. You realize that John was under arrest by the Roman Empire and he had been placed in a mining colony on the island of Patmos. At this time, the apostle John was well advanced in years and he was doing slave labor on the island of Patmos. John's circumstances created the context for Jesus to be able to reveal his will to John. And the number of times we have this in the Bible are quite extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, where did God reveal himself to Moses for the first time? When Moses was on the backside of the desert, he was tending his father-in-law's sheep, and he saw a bush that was burning but wasn't being consumed. When was, uh, I mean, we do every, when was Gideon? When did God reveal himself to Gideon? Gideon was hiding out, threshing wheat in a cave because he was hiding from the Midianites who were oppressing the children of Israel. So he was trying to do a little harvesting so he can keep the grain before the Midianites came in and took it all. Where did God begin to reveal himself to a young man named David when he was anointed king? He was out tending to his dad's sheep. Like what he did every single day. Same thing for the apostles Peter, his brother Andrew, the Apostle John and his brother James, what were they doing? One set of them were mending their nets. The other ones were cleaning their nets. Why? Because they were fishermen. Jesus is real. You've probably had moments where, maybe even without even realizing it, someone said something to you that you needed to hear. Well, today, Pastor Daniel wrapped up this teaching by reminding you God often uses other people to speak into your life. You learn that it's important to invest in relationships with other people who walk closely with the Lord so that you can turn to them for wisdom and encouragement. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's Word, and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? 
I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Well, this marks the end of this series called Spark, where Pastor Daniel focused on how God uses interactions with him to spark the flame of your faith. You learn that God usually reveals himself to you in the midst of your daily, ordinary moments. You have to step out in faith and obey what he's asking you to do. You also discovered that the flame of your faith grows as you know God more and serve the people around you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.